Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. While recently going through a period of big transition in my life, I have been thinking a lot about the concept of happily ever after. From our earliest childhood memories, we are presented with the idea that happiness is life's greatest pursuit, that we all deserve a perfect story, the fairy tales, the romantic movies, the romance novels. They all often shout the promise that you can find anything you want in this life and that whatever you dream or imagine can and will work out. It's part of the innocence of our beginnings, which we then continue to take with us in some way throughout our growing into adulthood. But then as we mature and become more aware of the world around us, we start to realize that the perfect life we once imagined just might not be realistic. A few wounds, disappointments, and tragedies along the way suddenly have us questioning the idea of our supposed ideal life. Disillusionment and discouragement can start to set in as we wonder if chasing dreams is actually worth it and if the happy ending we all want deep down really does exist. Today we're going to be talking about the human's lifelong search for happily ever after and where the real perfect ending actually lies. Join me for a bit, friend, and let's get started. Leading neuroscientists Andrew Newberg and Mark Waldman in their book How God Changes Your Brain notate that the human brain seems to have difficulty separating fantasies from facts. It sees things that are not there, and it sometimes doesn't see things that are there. In fact, the brain doesn't even try to create a fully detailed map of the external world. Instead, it selects a handful of cues, then fills in the rest with conjecture, fantasy, and belief. They go on to explain that this is what allows us as humans to imagine and create, however utopian, utilitarian, or sometimes useless it may be. This hardwired ability to dream and design and envision is absolutely critical to the advancement of civilization and the benefit of humanity on some level. Without it, we never would have had the light bulb, the telephone, the automobile, or even something like the Constitution of the United States. On a much more practical level, it's what allows us to chase our dream job or find romantic love or desire to have children, or start a charitable foundation, or anything else meaningful in life. And wanting any of these things is worthy, without a doubt. But sometimes we don't get the happily ever after we were expecting. We get passed over for the position that would have secured us our dream job. We discover our significant other has been cheating on us, or they suddenly want a divorce. We suffer a miscarriage or stillbirth and have to bury the baby we so badly wanted. The investment or support for the foundation we hope to start falls through, or any other possible not-quite scenario can take place. When this happens, we are confronted with the reality that not all hopes and dreams come to fruition in the way we want. 
Not all stories have the happy ending we'd once envisioned, and this pill can be hard to swallow. The unknown and in-betweens that result from it can leave us lost and confused. I've gone through a few of these moments myself and have actually been processing something personally along these lines in recent months. It's hard to accept the fact that people you trusted or endeavors you thought you'd be involved with for the long haul turn out to not be what you thought. There's just a part of you that refuses to believe the story is ending that way. It's like something is innately within us that wants a good outcome. So when prayers aren't answered in the way we hoped, or chapters close we thought would be open forever, or plans change, or dreams die, we grieve, we struggle. Why is this? Simply, I think it goes back to the Garden of Eden and the fact that we were made for an eternal happiness. There wasn't supposed to be sin and death and destruction and despair. These were all byproducts of the fall and evidence of a once perfect world now broken. We were created for lasting enjoyment, perfect relationships, harmony with nature, relationship with God. It was humanity's disobedience that destroyed that existence. And even though we all suffer the effects of this in our messy lives every day, there's still a part of us that remains, a fallen glory, if you will, that reminds us and compels us to seek redemptive, happier fulfillment. As difficult as it may be to acknowledge, all the busted dreams and ruined outcomes we walk through can be traced back to the fact that the world is way more imperfect and human beings are way more flawed and life is way more unpredictable than perhaps those early fictitious stories made us all believe when we were children. This being true, we are then presented with a choice as to whether we will resent our disappointing outcomes or let them seed the beginning of new hopes and dreams. This is not to say we shouldn't properly mourn the alternate endings we sometimes receive. We should. It's just that we also get to decide if the ruining of our happily ever after, in whatever form it comes, will make us bitter or make us better. During my personal wrestling with my own unfulfilled outcomes, I've started asking myself how the Bible looks at the concept of happily ever after. Is there such a thing presented post-fall as the ideal life? What I discovered was surprising, yet oddly comforting at the same time. The promises that Jesus and the scriptures give us isn't one of a perfect life on this earth. Rather, it's a perfect life still to come. And what we experience on this planet is actually quite difficult. Matthew 24, 6-7 says that we are to expect wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes. This means that some form of natural or political upheaval is part of life. Governments rise and governments fall. Leaders rise and leaders fall. Hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, fires, and the like upend people's lives and destroy all they have. We're kidding ourselves when we assume that we cannot or will not be impacted on some level by these disasters and decisions. A few verses later in the same passage, Jesus points out that we are to expect persecution and hatred from others for the sake of following God. I don't know about you, but I don't like hearing that. I like to be accepted, loved, and approved. I like to have my ideas and my gifts and who I am as a person validated and valued. The fact that I shouldn't be surprised when somebody mistreats me for what I believe just feels wrong. 
and yet that's the truth. To go through life thinking that suffering and betrayal at the hands of others won't find me at some point is silly. And the more that I try to convince myself that I'll find the perfect relationship, the perfect friendship, the perfect church, the perfect workplace, etc., the more I set myself up for disappointment because somewhere along the way, somebody will become adversarial towards me. Even if I know I didn't instigate it or feel like I don't deserve it, it will come upon me anyway. And the key is in how I respond to it and deal with it when it does. We are also told to expect there will be deceivers, people who try to spin the truth about who we are, who God is, what life is about, and so much more. They will use their insights to confuse and distract us from our purpose and our faith through all kinds of varying tactics. We need to plan on having our beliefs and ideas challenged by tempting but non-beneficial sources, and we need to be ready to identify them when they come. 1 Corinthians 10.13 reminds us that we are to expect temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. This means that you and I will constantly be enticed by opportunities, desires, and distractions, even seemingly good ones, that may sound okay in and of themselves, but aren't really at the center of where we need to be headed in our lives. We're joking with ourselves when we assume we'll be strong enough to resist these things on our own when they come too, because they can be very powerful and compromise can seem like a reasonable choice. That's why we need God's help to take the provided way out and endure it when we come across it. Perhaps greatest of all in John 16.33, Jesus tells us that we must expect trials. In this world, you will have trouble. If you're like me, trouble and adversity of any kind just isn't what I choose. If there's a way to avoid pain, I'll look for it. I'm sure you do also. But Jesus told us this would be a part of our earthly life. There would be seasons where we would go through things that test our faith and resolve. There would be losses and crosses and all things heavy. And there would be times when it would all feel like too much. And yet, what was the promise that he followed it up with? But take heart, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Have hope. Stay strong. Because when it all feels like more than you can take, I can take it. Because when you appear to be losing the battle, just remember that I've won the war. I'm sovereign over all the things that interrupt and disrupt your life. So in me, you can have peace while going through all these things because I'm in control. And not only this, but he also said in Matthew 24, 13, that the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Even when your grip gives way and you feel yourself slipping, trust the hold of God on you and keep relying on given grace to stand, to keep taking the next right step, to keep trusting in the face of all that's gone wrong. I don't know about you, but expecting all these things certainly contradicts the idea that happiness is the goal because of all these things don't feel all that happy when you're going through them. It really flies in the face of happily ever after because wars, natural disasters, persecution, deception, temptation, and trials of all kinds have a tendency to ruin the magic of whatever good life you carved out for yourself. Whether it takes out what you own or have or who you love or even threatens to take you out altogether, 
The perfect world you may have imagined is sort of blown up when any of these things arise. But God's word told us to expect them all. Jesus told us to expect them all. And that means that at the basic level, happiness was never the objective. Happily ever after, this side of heaven was never the objective. But holiness was. Growth was. Overcoming was. Standing firm was. And the crazy part of all of it is, on the other side of this wild, weird, and difficult life is an actual ever after because we've been promised eternity with God. The resurrection and triumph of Jesus over the grave gave us the redemptive ending creation had been groaning for since the fall. It showed us that the happiness we so want and often seek in all the wrong places can and will be ours one day. Perhaps not here, but certainly there, in heaven, forever. In order to weather disappointment and the ruining of dreams or hopes we have, we need to understand that it's pointless to keep searching for our perfect ending here. It just simply won't happen. We might have glimpses of heaven on earth in the sense that we may find love in its imperfect yet meaningful state through friendships and relationships in our lives. We may meet a few goals or see a few visions come to life. We may get to experience some thrills along the way. God allows us to feel these things so we can experience his love in tangible ways that connect with us. Because he really does care about us and he wants us to know joy and have some fun along the way. However, those things in and of themselves are not the objective. They aren't meant to be enjoyed as the sole end of our delight. Author Jordan Lee Dooley in her awesome book, Embrace Your Almost, writes, I don't think we ever really reach happily ever after on this side of heaven. We might reach a milestone, we might achieve a goal, but to think we'll get to a place where we finally have it all in a broken world, we're only fooling ourselves. The truth is, even if we get to a desired destination or reach a milestone, we're always in the middle, between two gardens, almost but not yet, where we really long to be. A number of years ago, Christian singer Aaron Schust penned some powerful lyrics in his song titled Ever After that I've returned to time and time again when I've gotten down because yet another dream in my life came and went without the ending I would have chosen. A few lines from this song read, I hate to be the one to break the news, to let you down, but I can't lie to you. There's things about the world I wish weren't true. I guess by now, you must have had a clue. There's no such thing as Peter Pan, no such place as Never Never Land. I wish we all could have those tiny magic wings. But we live in a world with wars. It's not like it was before. We won't find our happily ever after here. There's no such thing. It's not where we belong, and if it's feeling wrong, oh, you must stay strong. Perhaps from time to time, we all need a little dose of reality to remind us that we're longing for something we won't find here. No person, job, neighborhood, church, or any other thing is perfect. They may be just right in the human sense for you personally, but there will still probably be something about it that isn't totally ideal. Learning to live with the fact that we're going to have to wait a while to finally experience that perfected happiness we've always wanted and also giving ourselves permission to stop chasing happily ever after will spare us some mental distress along the way. 
trying to pursue something you're never going to completely find is just taking you on a wild goose chase. But in the middle of all the not rights in your life, just remember this. God didn't give us our happily ever after here, but he did give us himself, and he left us with the promise that we'd one day find it if we held out for heaven. And just maybe that's all the hope we need to embrace our own almosts and find the clarity and contentment we need when things don't turn out the way that we expected. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.